Welcome, everybody. Today, I have a really, really special guest on my podcast, Brian Reeves, who is an author. He's a man's coach. He's a relationship coach, and he's a mentor. And I already had the privilege to have him on the show before. But today, we talked about this lone wolf mentality so many of us men still carry within themselves. And we were kind of like just breaking it down. We were breaking down how it's not really fully supporting the evolution of us men. And we were talking about man's work, Brian's definition, current definition of what man's work is all about. And that it's so much more than just some random dudes coming together to just sip on a beer and just have a conversation. We were really diving into yeah, the medicine that comes with men coming together in a trustable container. And Brian was sharing his four pillars that he builds up on in his groups, in his work. And we just had an incredible conversation from man to man talking about that we as men need a space where we can fall apart, where we can be celebrated, where we can be witnessed and where we, where we can be supported and challenged at the same time to just really rise above and really bring all of us to the table. So it was a pleasure to have Ryan um, on the show and talk about all of this. And there's so much gold in Brian sharing. And yeah, just enjoy it all. And just fucking enjoy it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Ryan. Renee. Nice to have you on the show again. Um, it's been a while since we were talking. Um, I don't even know how long, over a year, one and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it feels good to have you back. And Thanks, man. First of all, how are you doing? Oh, man. How am I? I'm... Uh... Oh man, I'm 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 carrying some heavy heavy stuff these days. Um, just some personal stuff that 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 um, not really ready to talk about publicly. But um, you know, I'm uh, life's 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 given me something pretty pretty rich and 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 profound to hold that I wasn't prepared for. So I'm. Um, uh, I'm well, you know, I mean, I'm, my relationship with my wife is solid. Um, my, my work, I, I love the work that I'm, that I'm doing. I'm surrounded by, you know, beautiful, supportive people. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm holding something heavy at the moment, but, you know, in, in alignment with what we're talking about today, even though I'm, I'm not ready to talk about it publicly, uh, I'm, I'm really well held by the people around me in, in, uh, in this. So I don't feel alone in it. And I think that's, that's such a beautiful introduction into the topic we're talking about today, which is all about lone wolving. And first of all, I want to say thank you for, even if it's not making it public and talking about the essence of what you're holding right now and what life is giving you to expand and to enrich your life even more. Just want to say thank you for just being, just being honest, you know, and vulnerable. Um, we're going to dive into that topic today, and to to cross the bridge into the topic that we are talking about today, I would love to read read the sentence that you were that you were saying in one of the podcasts I was I was checking out, or one of the reels I was I was seeing on your Instagram that brought me to reaching out to you and just really like having that conversation about, because I see it so much in my life and I see it in so many other men's lives. And what you said was one of our greatest crises is that we are alone wolfing it. We are bearing our burdens alone. We are not allowing people in to see what's really going on. And I think that part that, that really hit home for me for which which I've been doing for a really long time was we don't even let ourselves see it. And there was so much more to it. But yeah. But you know, it's it's this one thing of allowing people in to see what's really going on. But mm -hmm. what I'm going through right now, being part of a man's container where I'm do really doing deep work, mm -hmm. 
I've realized that, you know, my partner, other people telling me, yeah, just, just open up. And then there's, there was a certain realization over the last couple of weeks and months where I realized I didn't even allow myself to see it. So how can I even allow someone other to, to come in? And, and I think what comes up for me is the first question is, what is your personal experience with that? And maybe even like, when was it for you that you realized in your life, I can't, I can't, I can't carry that anymore. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do that alone anymore. Yeah. It's a great question. Well, I don't even, I didn't even know I was carrying so much by myself. I didn't know. I mean, had you told me, I would have been like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm carrying this stuff by myself. I'm fine. You know, the I'm fine. Nope. No problems here. I'm good. Or if I got problems, I got them handled. So, you know, that, that, that level of delusion that I, even still I'm tempted to it. Like even what I shared at the beginning, I'm carrying something heavy. There's a part of me that wants to just wash right over it and be like, nah, man, life's good. Everything's cranking. Yeah. There's this thing, but pfft, yeah, life's got that, you know, I'm good and live in that place. Um, <clears throat> but I think in, you know, I'm, I'm 48 and I think in my late thirties, really even my early forties still, I, I started just to see what that was costing me, mm. you know, the pretending, <laughs> the, I was, I was isolating myself. I was making myself alone, even, even surrounded by people. I could feel so alone because I didn't feel seen. But the thing is, Renee, that's comfortable. That's like what, what I know. I know not being seen by my family, you know, my, in my particular story, my upbringing, uh, nobody ever beat me, you know, nobody ever physically hurt me. No one was ever verbally or emotionally, well, emotionally, I don't know, but verbally abusive towards me. Um, you know, family of divorce, you know, parents divorcing at four years old and being bullied at school and, and just being a boy in, in, in the world. And um, I was going through a lot, but nobody was ever really checking on me. Nobody was really ever asking, how are you really doing? How, how are you, how are you feeling? What's happening for you? You know, your, your parents are, your parents are divorced and you have to choose where to go for the holidays. What's the impact of that on you, Brian? How does that feel? I was never asked that question as a child. And, um, you know, through no malicious intent of anybody, just, nobody was checking in and as many of us particularly young men do women too but you know girls but boys uh if i had some kind of feeling at school or on the playground or with friends my fucking friends didn't want to hear it they didn't know what to do with that either (laughs) you know and there's no there's no crying in baseball you know, as, as, as the saying goes, is that the movie quote, there's no crying in baseball. You, there's no, you don't have feelings on the, on the playing field. You can be angry, but that's it. You can be angry and you can be excited to win, but that's all you got. And so I embodied that for decades in the military, military also, you don't, you don't get to feel things in the military. You just, you, you do the mission. And, uh, well, for me, I think one of the big warning signs was my relationships, my intimate relationships kept imploding. Mm -hmm. I kept, I kept finding myself in the face of very angry women and I never could understand why they were so angry. And it it wasn't even until I started doing actual men's work. I've been doing transformational work Mm -hmm. and spiritual work all Mm -hmm. through my twenties and thirties, you know, you know, going to the Tony Robbins things, uh, working with Byron Katie and Eckhart Tolle workshops and all all that stuff. Uh, But none of that was helping me function in a, 
healthy, intimate relationship. Mm. And so in my late thirties, another relationship crashes and burns with a furious, angry woman in my face. <laughs> oh man, what am I missing here? You know, and, and that, that journey, that question started me on the journey of what am I missing here? And one of the big things that I realized I was missing is I'm so disconnected from myself. Mm -hmm. I'm so not home in my body and what's going on. I'm so checked out into my, everything's great. Everything's fine. Life is nothing but a grand adventure. Mm. Everything happens to you. I'm sorry, the opposite. Everything happens for you, not to you. Yeah. Let's live there. And I believe that, but that's also a, a great a gateway to bypassing so much of what is really happening in my in my body, in my mind, in my emotions, in my system here. So, you know, had we done this interview, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, maybe. And you asked me, how are you doing? I would have been like, dude, I'm good, man. Blah, 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 blah. Life is cooking, man. Everything's working. Blah. But I'm, I'm hurting right now, man. I'm, 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 I'm hurting. And, and to be able to just say that and be in it. And, uh, it's scary, but it's also very liberating, you know, and, um, and it, 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 it serves my relationship with my wife. It serves my friendships with the men that I can trust to hold what I'm going through, you know, who will support me, not judge me, who will, who will, who will also support me, not fix me. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I don't, did I answer your question? I probably, I think we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I love it. I love it, Brian. I love it. And I think it, it touched up on so many different layers yeah. that are intertwined with that, you know, and I'm pretty sure that women for sure, but a lot of men can resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And mm, yeah, what sticked out to me was this, I'm good. I got it together. Mm -hmm. And what you shared in the beginning was, I think, for me, such a big piece that I'm more and more discovering in my own life. It's this, I don't even know that I'm holding so fucking much. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my life. I've been doing that my whole life, like carrying shit from yeah. other people, carrying this, carrying that, carrying. And yeah. thanks for sharing that. I really, really yeah. appreciate it. And yeah, I think what what comes up for me is that you were especially talking about man's work, that you almost felt like, you know, you were doing the spiritual work, you were doing the transformational work. like, And then when you dived into man's work, you discovered, and I just call it, I'm just using my own words here. You just almost like discovered a flavor, a medicine, that comes with with man coming together and and really putting in the work especially in the realm of man's work that what i heard was almost like allowed you to to look a little bit deeper and i know that you have been supporting man for quite a while now mm -hmm. and first of all i think having an audience which i'm now currently directing only towards men and women for sure but it's really about helping men on their journey to really just transform their lives how would you describe man's work in your own words oh how would i describe men's work well you ask me a hundred times i'll give you a hundred different answers <laughs> What is your answer right now? If, if it answer? just comes through, you know, just 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 this morning, one of the men in in one of the groups that I'm running right now, uh, he said something really profound. He's only been in my 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 year long Elevate group for not even not even a month and a half, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, you know, I'm realizing that what we're doing here, it's not, it's not really about becoming friends. This isn't about friend making friends. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm going to sort of take his answer and run with it a little bit. Um, but, but I love his observation. It's not about making friends. We might become friends through this work, but that's not really what we're here for. Um, that's not the point we're, and now I'm going to kind of run with, with where he started and in, 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 in men's work. And there's all, as you said, there's all kinds of flavors of men's work. There's some men's work that I wouldn't call men's work. There's some men's work that I would call uh, uh, adolescent boys masquerading as men's work. <laughs> there's, <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's all kinds of stuff out there, but um, I'll say, I'll say what, what men's work, the, the kind of men's work that I stand for, that I, that I hold. It's, 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 it's a place where we men learn how to show up and build trustable relationships with other men where we can step into a, a container, an arena of sorts mm. with other men that we can trust um, will be able to, there's four things that we, that we stand for, witness, challenge, support, and celebrate each other mm. witness challenge support and celebrate i love that each other right men's work is a place that we get to step in with other men be our raw ultimately eventually not on day one mm. but as we build trustable mm. relationships and this is you know having a facilitator who holds a who holds a good uh, again, I use that word trustable space because there's a lot of facilitators who just they don't know how to or they're just not clued into certain things. I'm not saying I do it perfect. I have my, you know, I make my mistakes too. But when we create a trustable space and men step into that, we start healing our relationships to the masculine. You know, a lot of men think they need to heal their relationships to the feminine because their yeah, relationships yeah. with women are so fucked up. And they're like, God, I, that was certainly my journey. I got to heal my relationship to feminine energy because look at my relationships <laughs> with women. Whoa, it was mind blowing to me when I discovered, oh my God, yes, I do have to do that. But also my relationship to my own masculine essence is so fucked. It's I so disoriented. I, I, I don't trust other men. If I don't trust other men, how am I going to trust myself? I'm a man. <laughs> you know, so you know, doing men's work can take so many shapes and flavors and we can go do so many different things. But I think at, at its core, it's, it's men learning how to rebuild or build perhaps for the first time trustable relationships with other men so we can become trustable to ourselves. Mm, Ah, mm, mm. uh, thanks for sharing that. And I love the way, I love the way you use what's coming up for you or what came up for you right now. Because I think, like sitting in a man's container right now, everything you touched upon is is it just hit home. It just felt so deeply, and I totally agree. It's not about becoming friends this is not the this is not the main intention of really men coming together especially when it comes to man's work and the reason i wanted to dive into that and hear your opinion on that because i think a lot of men who are not yet in that who who are not yet in diving into man's work they really believe oh it's just some dudes coming together and maybe have some beer and just talk about whatever but i love what you brought up um the the four parts which was witnessing support challenging and celebrating mm -hmm. and somehow when we open ourselves up especially to other men's in a trustable container like you shared there is a medicine that we are able to receive which i 
thought I would get from my partner, which I mm-hmm. thought I would get from friendships from mm-hmm. yeah. even now when I look at my friendships, I sometimes wonder why, why do I don't have that with my, with my mm-hmm. friends, but mm-hmm. then to a certain degree, like you shared, it's really about being in that trustable container where we can really fully allow ourselves to, to be seen over the period of time that we are sitting in it. And uh, it's just, yeah. uh, it just felt, it just feels so good in my system just to receive that. And it's just, yeah. and I think man missing out, man who really not yet leaning in and maybe they're not ready yet, but they're missing out because like you shared, for me, it's almost like this self-discovery, this discovery mm-hmm. of the self and to almost like expand what you've been known as yourself, which is most of the time just a limited version of yourself that is boxed in by the pain, the hurt, the trauma, and everything that we've experienced. And it's almost like this big release of, wow, this is like me. And I love what you brought up with the masculine. Mm. I had this the other day with my woman and I I did a resentment clearing with, Mm. with one of my, with my accountability brother. In, this, in the container I'm sitting right now. And what came up? A big fucking resentment towards my dad. Mm. And while I was really allowing myself to grieve and to purge and, and to be angry and everything, I remember like literally grieving, like screaming and just being so, like really allowing what is alive inside. And it was like, click, 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 click. And I saw, wow what comes up in my relationship with my partner is not actually the shit from my mother, which I always thought my feminine Mm. that I need to heal, Mm. Mm. but it was my masculine, the relationship with my masculine of Mm. my, my father picking me up three hours later. Oh, wow. I'm not really Mm. consistent with my woman and the words that I'm saying Mm. that I would Mm. do. Mm. And I just, I just, there's just something so potent in it, which I believe we men crave almost, even unknowingly, when we really lean into those containers. And may I ask you a question about yeah, your please, please, moment please. of epiphany? What was that a surprise for you? The moment that arose, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was. I was sitting like even in the process, it it was revealing itself in the process while I was really allowing myself to lean into the space while I was held by, by my brother, it came up there and it was like, it was, wow. So it's not the, it's not that I have to heal the relationship with the feminine or they had to have to hold more that, but I realized, wow, it's, it's, it's this really distorted relationship with my own masculine that I have. And I thought like, oh yeah, you know, I got this, like, well, my masculine is fine. And like, you know, I knew I need to do some work, but yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the, uh, a number of years ago, I was having a conversation with one of the, 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 the men who were my role models when I, when I was a child, you know, one of the older men in my life, basically, uh, I want to keep him, keep him anonymous for now, but, yeah. um, and this was a man who, who, for most of my childhood was a raging alcoholic and and a rage aholic rage and alcoholism man I, it terrorized me as a, as a child i was having a conversation with this man he'd been sober for many years now and we were talking about his childhood a bit and you know he had shared how his father would discipline him and his father would discipline him as a teenager by he would take him out in the driveway and tell his son this this older man the first shot is yours and then it's my turn you know he's he's telling his son hit me first and then it's my turn to fuck you up wow that's that's just one way that he was disciplined by his dad and you know as i'm talking to this man this man has done a lot of a lot of 12 step work, a lot of introspective work, you know, been in, been in 12 step for Deckford, but at this point, more than two decades, you know, so he's been in deep conversations with other people going through these experiences, but even still after all this work, 
he, I remember in our conversation, he was like, you know, I wonder if that had something to do with why I, why I drank. And I'm, I'm sitting there kind of, you know, not saying it out loud, but in my brain going, yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> I wonder. Like, how the fuck did you not make that connection years ago? Yeah. But that's it. We don't make the connections. You know, it's like, if anything, we write them off. Well, you know, I was, I, in his mind, he's thinking, well, I was a, probably a shit. You know, I probably deserved the beating I got. Yeah. You know, or, you know, he didn't break any bones or whatever. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we dismiss, we dismiss so much and write it off. I don't know, because of all kinds of reasons. 100%. And then we get into our thirties and forties and we fucking feel so heavy and so alone and so disconnected from ourselves, from our partners, from even like our friendships. And even that we don't necessarily see. You know, because we got too many distractions. We got video games. We got porn. We got work. We got making money. We got even. You know, I, I would even love to add spirituality. I could see Definitely. that big time in my life of like this, yeah. like you know, toxic positivity. Like really, like yeah. like what you shared. Like oh, life, like life is on mm -hmm. my side, or life got me, or whatever. Life happens. Life happens for me, never happen, to me. Life, have, life happens for me, and I I had to swallow that pill. Yeah. And it was a big pill because I realized, wow, I was bullshitting myself big time yeah. to really yeah. just distract myself from, you know, because I, I, I know we always go through those typical social kind of ways of money status. But then there's also another realm where I think there's a lot of bypassing happening Absolutely. where we have to move beyond because otherwise we come to that and life will hit you in your face sooner or later. If you hear the call or not, it will hit you in the face and you can pick up the call or you can keep ignoring, but it will knock on the, it will keep knocking on the door. And yeah. Yeah. My, my mentor, uh, Francis Weller, uh, would, would say that men, men especially only ever came into his therapy office, kicking and screaming, dragged by life, you know, by their feet. He would say another way he would say it is they only come in defeated. Yeah. Yeah. Men only, men only tend to come to this work yeah. defeated because we've been defeated finally by something that we get is bigger than our capacity to overcome it. I totally agree. And I can totally resonate with that. I can totally resonate with that. And somehow it creates a whole new perspective on what it means to be defeated. Yeah. Because what, and I just pretty vulnerable here, but I had a moment like that on Saturday where like I ended up laying under the shower, crying the shit out of my eyes, letting water drip on my heart because I just, I just, and I just allowed myself to fall apart just by mm. myself, mm. like really being defeated to a point where, but I, you mentioned something before and there's this, liberation that comes with it because mm -hmm. in that moment what i felt was wow i'm letting i'm dropping the weight just even if it's just for that moment i'm dropping it mm -hmm. and i'm able to get in touch with an aspect of mine which i believed isn't lovable which i believed especially now and nowadays like the way we look at man it's weak it's not good enough it's it's something i normally don't show and but there's magic in that and i even believe that this is the strength that comes with vulnerability to really allow yourself be seen. And that's when we really, I mean, how I always explain it is, you know, there's this still pond in front of us, this pond of water, and we're constantly throwing stones in it with the, with, with the distraction you know, what you just shared, like we constantly throw stones in it, not being able to really look to the, to the ground of the um look through the water to the ground what's really there and somehow because we're so distracted and so fearful of looking at the things that have been hurting us so deeply as a child as a, a teenager we're constantly running away from it but what we also not realize is that what's what's underneath the surface 
is somehow hijacking our lives. It's still hijacking our lives to an extent that we are not able yet to fully live an empowered life and and, an expansive life, an expansive relationship, an expansive relationship with ourselves, brotherhood, our purpose. That's just my own personal perspective on that, what I'm realizing more and more. And it brings me, it brings me towards something which I've, I've heard yesterday from Gabor Mate. And he was talking about the word vulnerability mm-hmm. and that it comes from the Latin word vul- vulnerare, which means to wound. And mm-hmm. I wrote, I wrote it down because he said, vulnerability is our capacity to be wounded. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings it so beautifully back to this kind of like lone wolfing mentality, which we almost see in our, in our society as something strong. Like you, you do it all by yourself. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, but the strength I feel from my own personal experience comes with allowing myself to be wounded, especially in front of other men. And I would just love to know from your own personal experience as someone who's holding this trustable container for other men, Mm -hmm. what were you able to see and not to dive into personal experiences of other men, but what, what, what are you able to see? What were you able to see in your containers when men allowed them to be vulnerable and really allowed them to expand their capacity to be wounded? Well, it's interesting. And I, I love that framing of vulnerability to be, to be wounded. The sort of the irony of all this is that much of our wounding comes from men early in our life it comes from men from our fathers our uncles our brothers our 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 siblings our playmates you know other boys other men are the ones who 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 gave us the wounds in a sense who told us you're not good enough you're a pussy you're weak you're gay you're all, all these things that you're not supposed to be you know you're not safe here is all essentially what we got over and over from men in all kinds of ways and now all of a sudden here are men coming into men's work, you know, 30, 40, hell, I got guys in, that, in, my, in my groups that are in their 60s mm. for the first time doing men's work. And so, you know, they're bringing in all of their woundings from men particularly, and now we're stepping into a conversation with men. Holy shit, <laughs> you know? And, but... You know, it's interesting. Uh, in, I was in Ireland a couple of years ago, and I, I, I was feeding cows by a, by a fence. And I grabbed some nettles, which are like these little spiny, yeah. you know, they, 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 they burn after a second. And I went into a, a little local village, the, the convenience store, I suppose, and, and said, you know, I was with my wife. And do you have some cream for this? My hand's burning. Do you have some cream? And this old Irishman said, oh, you don't need, you don't need any cream. Just, just uh, come out here over to the, to the field, young fella. He's like, look like you got some nettle on your hand. And he's uh, we need to find you some duck leaf. It's like duck leaf. What duck? Yeah. Duck leaf. It's, it's, it lives right next to the nettle. And he goes into the field and he, you know, there's nettle everywhere. And he finds this, this, this silky leaf living right next to the nettle. And he picks it up and he, he gives it to me and I wrap my fingers in it. And immediately my fingers start to feel cool. You know, the medicine is, is right next to the, the poison. And I think it's the same with men's work. I mean, the, the, the poison came from men. Well, the medicine must come from men. Mm. I can't, w- women can't heal my relationship to men. <laughs> they just can't because I have to heal my relationship to men. You know, that's, who can I do that with but men? And so... Again, and this is where uh, 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 having a skilled facilitator really matters because we men can wound each other again mm-hmm. in our defenses. We can very quickly go to judgment, go to proscriptive fixing of each other's problems really fast. And that happens in a lot of men's work. You know, guys come in and they share, man, I'm going through this with my with my wife, you know, this thing. And then, and then a guy rushes in, dude, this is what you got to do. You have to do this and do that. I've experienced that. Yeah. 
And immediately the guy's like, he either shuts down and doesn't, he's like, okay, well, I can't share it because no one's really going to listen. They're just going to give me their solutions. Or he fights back, man, fuck you. You don't know what I need to do. And here we are right back in the wounding of each other again. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, it's all done with good intentions. Yeah. Having a facilitator who can recognize these temptations and cut in when that's, and it's so subtle, man. Yeah. You know, so being able to say, whoa, 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 stop, hold on, pause. Notice that. Interesting. Notice, you know, you know, I don't know, Bill, what's coming up for you right now that you think fixing his problem is what is being asked for right now? Just for example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing those and you get Bill all of a sudden's like, shit, yeah, fuck. Well, what I realized is that I got really uncomfortable and I wanted to, I wanted to save him. I, I saw him hurting and I wanted to save him. I was like, beautiful. Stay with that. Oh, now Bill's in touch with his own hurting. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. I do that in my relationship too, man. Mm. My wife has a problem and I want to fix it mm. because I don't want to see her in pain because it hurts me. Yeah. You know, now we're now men are getting vulnerable and the guy that he was trying to fix is like, oh man, wow. I'm, I'm in the presence of another man who has the capacity to see himself and take ownership for his role mm. in this relationship. That's pretty rich. That's interesting. I never had that before. You know, so slowly, like, and very quickly, men are starting to realize, oh, wow, this, I can trust that I can show up here and I won't be judged. I won't be fixed. I won't be dismissed. Mm. You know, I won't be diminished. Like I get to be respected, you know, witnessed. I get to be seen for who I am and what I'm going through. I get to be supported. You know, these men are going to, if I'm, if I'm having my ass handed to me, these men are going to hold me up in the way that I need to be held, not in the way yeah. they want to hold me, but in the way that I need to be held. I get to be challenged. If I'm living out of integrity with myself, I mean, we challenge each other all the time. If I'm out of integrity, I expect, I tell this to the men I work with, even though I'm the facilitator, if you see me up to something, if something feels off to you, I expect you to, to speak it. Call me in. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> you know, some of, some of the, the, my most cherished moments as a coach have been when I had to apologize or I got to apologize to a client because through no malicious intent, but I just, I went too far with something mm -hmm. and they either froze or they came back in the next session. were like, dude, what was that? What was that? That, that didn't feel good to me. Ooh, thank you. Ooh, you get to call me back into my heart, oh, out of my agenda. That. You know, that's challenge. I need that. That serves me in relationship to my wife in the same way that I challenged Bill a moment ago. Bill, whoa, whoa, hold on. What's happening for you right now that you need to fix? You think you need to fix this guy's problems. He's not asking for your solutions right now. You know, that's challenge. Respectful. I'm not saying, yo, Bill, don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being a, yeah. I'm just saying, whoa, pause. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then celebrated, man. We We get to celebrate like men are so competitive and i love competition i love it i love it i love being competitive i love winning but i don't mind losing anymore i you know you used to hate it but it's okay i don't mind now but i'd much rather win so much for more sure, fun to win for sure, for sure. even you know scientifically biologically testosterone goes up yeah. in a man's body when even his team that he's watching on tv wins mm. so there's a real biological reward for winning Right. It's not abstract. It's it, physical. It's not just like a concept that we're holding on to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It there's a real reward physically, biologically for winning. That said, we're not always gonna win. We shouldn't always win. I mean, well, I guess that's a who knows. But I say, um, learning to celebrate when each other wins, when the other man wins, even if I'm getting my ass handed to me. You know, one of the things I've started watching uh UFC fights, mm -hmm. you know, and, and MMA fights. And one of the things I love about that sport is how often, not always, but how often when two men beat the shit out of each other for 25 minutes and one man wins, the other man will turn to him and bow to him or praise him in some way or say, you know, I remember there was a, like a championship max match I think last year between two Mexican fighters, I believe, like in the in the lightweight, super lightweight, these like tiny, like 90 pound dudes. They were, they were <laughs> my ass. They were ferocious. 
and the challenger won against the champion and the champion was so he like took the belt and gave it to him it, it wasn't just a movie it was real life you know and he celebrated him and i fucking love that mm. you know men celebrating other men's victories mm. it's so beautiful it's so important i mean we men how, how often are we celebrated even by our families yeah very rarely i totally agree so you know, men start to step into a container like that. And I mean, you know, one of the first things that I often hear men say is it feels so good to know I'm not alone. Finally. I thought I was the only one who had that problem or who thought that or was going through that man. Whew, feels so nice to know I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's priceless for, you know, most men, they, those words come out of their mouth. It's like, Brian, whatever I paid you is worth it triple just for yeah that. yeah and I think it the memory that comes into my mind was when me and my partner my fiance Shalina when we had our first podcast interview with you mm. and I remember you just sharing and that was in a container where there was a woman in place but even you just sharing hey oh me and Sylvie, we were going for some shit. Oh, like we, I think you guys even broke up, you know, to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We did for to me, a full extent. for me, if, to a full extent, like for me as a man, I was like, yeah. Oh. Right. And even as a right. couple, like we always like, it's, it's, yeah. and it's so beautifully brings me to something. And I'm, I love that Francis Weller is, is one of your mentors. I was listening to man's talk, like Connor Beaton's podcast with Francis Weller yesterday about, um, um initiations and i was writing something down that he said which which hit something inside which i wanted to bring in because i think it touches up on something that you just like explained that we men always think we are the only one who carry that shit we are the only one who are going for that and what he was saying was trauma grief loss and suffering were always meant to be communal. Mm. And only in the latest times, mm. we try to digest it privately, start yeah. to rely on ourselves individually mm. to somehow, oh no, sorry, I, I missed it here. And only in the latest times, we start to rely on ourselves individually to somehow digest these materials that require so much of a larger holding field than my own psyche. Yeah. Or best see a therapist it's still private practice. We are still going into privacy when what is being requested from us is community and cosmos. We can't do this individually. And when he said that, there was a part of me which was like, first of all, referring to, you know, doing the man's work, sitting in containers and being like doing that work and, and which was a reference of, yes, yes, I feel that. And also... It just felt so good because what you just shared, carrying so much as man, especially like we are, we are constantly carrying shit and sometimes not even aware of it. Especially when come when it comes to our traumas, to to the healing process, to the suffering, the grief. Hearing that, it opens up this complete new perspective of why man coming together in. A communal space which is not which should normally be trustable and safe has so much healing in itself just to come together for sure from a facilitator that is able also to kind of like set boundaries in a way where everyone is able to really just show up to their show up show up in the way you just shared mm -hmm. and yet what would be your message to those who are so fucking scared to do so? Because it is well, scary. Yeah, it is it scary. Is scary. <clears throat> I Even know. you shared it in the beginning, you know, like, ah, like, like it is scary to sometimes like even just be in it or say it, you know? hundred percent. I mean, one of my, one of my closest friends who, who uh for many many years um just came into one of my men's groups um he was a fighter pilot in the military and petrified of of men 
just because of, again, his own childhood experiences. And, and then being, I was in the military. I didn't fucking trust the men in the military. I knew that I couldn't be my full self with mm. men in the military. I mean, I only stayed in for five years. So I, you know, I, I've been able to, to work on kind of releasing the, the, the cage, getting out of the cage I put myself in for, for that time. <clears throat> and, and that the men around me wanted me in also, you know, for that system to work. Uh, you know, but my friend didn't have that. He stayed in for a very long time and, and, um, it took a lot of courage for him to come into, to, to do work with men. And I think that the only way he was able to is because he trusted me. You know, he trusted that I would be his ally mm. in ensuring that this was a safe experience for him. Mm. And, um, I think that that's, that, that's, that, that, that does matter. I think for, you know, what I, what I encourage men who, who, you know, if someone's listening to this, they're, they're you're obviously tuned into a, a deep longing, a deep need mm. for something that you don't have right now. And, you know, my advice is just, just keep looking, just keep mm. going, just keep going. I mean, it took me years on my own journey. I mean, I went through different men's groups. I did different men's organizations that, you know, some were like, ah, this ain't really for me. Um, again, I've been in and out of men's groups for years. And I went, some I went to for a couple times and again, just like, no, this, this doesn't feel like the right fit for me. And some I stayed in for a couple years until they played themselves out. I'm in one now, uh, that I've been in for three and a half coming up on four years. Wow. I hope that I go the distance with these men. I love these men. Um, um, but it was not, it's not an, it wasn't an easy journey to, to find this, this, this brotherhood. And, and, you know, we're not all the best of friends with each other. It's, we're not. In fact, many of us without the container of this men's group wouldn't be friends at all. Mm. Not because we don't like each other, but because our lives are so vastly different that we just wouldn't, we wouldn't possibly run into each other or keep running into each other. Mm. But through this container of brotherhood, we're building something I say is so much richer than just, mm. you know, the run of the mill friendship, mm. but it took time. It took me again, following my hunger, following the longing, even when I was scared. Um, and, and it took me again, just sort of trusting the, the teachers along the way, the people, the mentors, I mean, so countless people, just, just like my friend had me as a, as a, as an ally to step into, to something that was scary for him. There were countless allies on my path that I looked at, you know, and just, there was a resonance with, or, a, or like, mm, they may have, they may know something that I want to know. Let me go find out what they're up to. And I had some weird experiences doing that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been quite a journey, but I had some magical experiences and amazing and learned so much. And, you know, that brought me to Francis Weller it was one of the greatest gifts of my life as a teacher and, and so many others. And in fact, actually, I'm realizing it was a it was one of my clients who introduced me to Francis Weller. He was reading his book, Wild wow. Edge of Sorrow. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful title. And so I got that book and started reading it and just went down that rabbit hole. I was like, oh my God, who is this man? I need to learn more from him and about him. And, and that set me on a particular path. And again, just little breadcrumbs, like just follow the breadcrumbs, follow the white rabbit, you know, just follow the white rabbit. Uh, who can say where it will lead, but you know, Tony Robbins famously said, uh, when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, we will change. And I say, just, just follow your curiosity, mm. follow the resonance. You know, if you're hearing my voice, this conversation, something's clicking for you, get my book, go to my website, just, you know, just do something. Yeah. Or if there's another man that stands out that you're already connected to or watching his stuff and you're like, hmm, I like what he's up to. Well, you know, go to his website, you know, see how could you work with him perhaps? What does he have on offer? Like just, you got to get started somewhere. I totally agree. I totally agree. 
And I loved it, it, what immediately came up to me when you were mentioning Francis. How much was it for you that he was also like an elder for you? Because it was Francis, everything. Because I, 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 I didn't plan to talk about this, but I had this in the first man, men's group that I was sitting in. The deepest resonance I felt was really with the man who were 62, 65, because I never had really a father and elder in my life. And I would just love to hear your own personal experience of, because most of the time we would never really or rarely connect maybe with a 62 year old when you're in your thirties, like maybe to an extent because of surprise or a coincidence, but men coming together, like you said, even in your, in your, in your group, you have, a wide range of different ages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how much was you like first of all how was your personal experience of like having elder that you were able to lean towards to and learn from and yeah i would just love to know well a couple months ago maybe even the end of last year maybe six months ago i started working with uh i'd been looking for an elder male therapist for for a long time i'd worked with I've worked with some women I worked with some men, but it's like, nah, I worked with a couple therapists who after a few sessions, they were like, Brian, I, I should work with you. Like, let's partner up. Wanted to partner. I'm like, man, the motherfucker, I'm not trying to partner with you. Be my damn therapist. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, I'm not looking for peers. I need elders. Yeah. I need men that don't need me to hold them. Yeah. I do that professionally and I do that in, in my men's group and I love it and I love it. But who the fuck's gonna hold me? Mm. You know, and I, I and my men and my men's group can do that. But we're we're all we all identify as peers. We're not elders to each other, even though there's a wide there's you know I think the youngest of us is 32 and the old of us is like 58. So there's mm. still a wide range. But I'm 48. We don't look at each other as each other's elders. Yeah. When I went to the first session with an older man, I found one here in Austin who uh, actually was a man who who wrote a lot of interesting books in the men's movement back in the 70s, 70s and 60s and 70s. He was uh, very good friends with Robert Bly, who wrote Iron John and was a, was like the, he's like the, the father of the men's movement. And and so the first time I went into this man's office. Was at his home and it's he's he's in his 70s. And he lives in this, you know, a home that looks like it was built in the fifties, you know, the wood, wood paneling and, and, uh, you know, kind of old furniture felt like I was in my grandfather's house. And at the, the I, I sat down in his, I guess his office and within two minutes I was in tears, you know, he's just like, so what are you here for, bud? What, what can I help you with? I don't even know what I said. I just know I was instantly emotional because oh my god here is an elder not just an older guy but yeah. a, an elder a true elder who can hold me that yeah. i so i can oh my god i get to fall apart and, and trust that he's got me i don't trust that with my dad mm -hmm. or quite frankly my stepfather i trust him more than my actual dad or my father-in-law they're all good men, but they can't fucking hold what I would bring. Mm. I'm a fiery son of a bitch. You know, I got a lot and you can't hold it and get the fuck out of my face. Just don't yeah. even try. It's like one of my friends in my men's group was like, look, if you guys can't pick up what I'm bringing, don't pick it up. Just let it go. Because if you're going to pick it up, I expect you to be able to hold it. I love that. Respect. <laughs> but it's true, you know? true man and you know what every time i get to interact with francis same i i, I feel like trembly I, I said this into uh I'm, I'm doing a group experience that francis is facilitating and i'm uh there's a lot of elders in that in that group i think he his work tends to attract you know older people and i i got to speak into that that community and, and share how because of what I was hearing was a lot of the elders were saying they feel lonely. They're so alone. A lot of our olders, our elders are alone. Look, their kids barely come around anymore because they're off doing their own thing. 
hell, you know, everyone's going to YouTube university these days. You don't need to call yeah, mom yeah, and dad yeah. for advice or wisdom. Just go on YouTube, um, yeah. go on Instagram. They're lonely. They're alone. They, they have nowhere to give their gifts. Nobody wants their gifts. They're, they're discarded. And I got to hear a number of, 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 of elders of older people saying that. And, and it was, and, and what I realized, what I, what just that spur to me, I got really emotional again. And because, and I got to share this with them that I, I'm, I, as a younger, I'm so lonely for elders. Mm. I have so few elders in my life. I'm starving. Mm. I'm, I have, so done, I have yeah. some olders. I got some olders, but I don't really have elders Either. starving for yeah. Elder wisdom, elder, it breaks my heart sometimes. I see movies, you know, where people have these these parents who are just so loving and wise and present. And like, like they can go to their father and their father just has something, you know, he can hold a, such a, a beautiful space. What is that like? <laughs> oh my God. I feel you with that, brother. I feel you with that, Brian, so, so much. Like, there's a medicine that comes with elders and i love what you shared not elders elders there's a certain wisdom they carry it's not even like what they say how what they what salute it, it's just yeah. their presence it's totally. just their presence where it's almost like this oh wow they just yeah. went through life already to a certain extent which allows you to almost like like you shared they are able to hold you in a whole different range than most of the people do who are in the same age range who are, you know, maybe a little bit older. And yeah, I just, I just felt that there's something when you just brought up like Francis, I just felt like that there was, there was a resonance with, with you also craving that deep longing. And, and yeah, like, I think, I think we're coming slowly to an end and mm. it's, I think what just comes up for me is the gratitude I have for, first of all, men like you who are doing the work and who are offering the work and who are really helping men to find a trustable container to really allow themselves to work on themselves, be seen, be witnessed, be celebrated, be, be challenged, like all of it. Mm -hmm. And I also carry so much gratitude for the man who are out there really longing for something deeper, longing for a richer life than just money, status, whatever it is. And it's just such a It almost makes me emotional right now. I'm really honest because you are able to move beyond a veil that is really hard to move beyond by yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking about lone wolving. This was the first thing. That was the, the intention of this call. And it just brings me back to a place of everyone who's listening, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Like you're not alone in this, like, and you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. You're not here to carry all that way to fix and heal it all by yourself. And I'm, I'm sharing this even for myself because I sometimes get so stubborn that I have to figure it out by myself and I have to do it like, but we don't. And I just want to keep this as a reminder for everyone who's listening to this that like like brian said like like whatever whatever is your flavor find it go on that search seek for it explore it and then see and you will find something that 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 that, that hits your taste buds taste buds in a way that you're able ah that's the that's that's the meal the nourishing meal i craved for so long and i'm so fucking ready to just take it all in and digest it because there is there is magic in man coming together. There is so much medicine in that, which allows ourselves as man to expand and grow in a way that most of us can't even imagine. 
most of us can't even imagine. That's right. You know, the, uh, I always like to say that, that the, the parts of us that don't want to change, don't want to change. The resistance is going to be there. Renee, every men's group, like every session, every men's group, whether I'm, I'm, I'm a participant or facilitator, every men's group, I never want to fucking go to it. I never, ever, ever, ever. I'd much rather do nothing. <laughs> I'd much rather stay home, play a video game, watch some TV, make love to my woman, just sit on the couch and eat ice cream. I'd much rather do nothing, do not that. But every single fucking time I go, and by the end of it, I always feel better. By the end of two hours with other men doing the work that we do, I always, 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 always feel better. But I never want to go at the start. I feel you with that so much. <laughs> I swear, like always like fighting with myself. Is there an excuse I could use for myself yeah. to really not? But yeah. you know, when you once taste that medicine, you know, deep within, if you just allow that voice to just, just, you know, move a little bit away, you know, deep within, fuck, man, I have, I, I, I need to. Yeah. Because, because you just know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've thought sometimes like I have a friend who is just wealthy beyond belief. He's got more money than he'll ever know how to spend. And, and, you know, I, I've thought about his life and what he does and what I would do. And there's a part of me is like, you know, it's good that I don't have that much, that I don't have stupid money. <laughs> It's good that I need to, you know, work, work for my, for, to be able to pay my bills because, you know, I don't know that I would do this work if, if, if life didn't like those, like the men brought into Francis's office, if life didn't bring me kicking and screaming into this work, I don't know if I would do it because yeah. it ain't easy. It's, it's endlessly challenging. Yeah. But I, I always feel better for it. And it serves my relationship with my wife. It serves, I mean, I, I get to not feel alone in the world. Yeah. I get to be held by other men when I'm getting my ass handed to me as, as, as I am, as I shared at the beginning, you know, in, in a certain area of my life right now, I'm, I'm going through a hard time, but I got so many men just there checking in on me. How are you feeling? You know, one of my friends today sent me a text, you know, how's your heart? Just that oh, question. How's your that heart? Hit, that that hit deep, hey. And I get to just share. Yeah. You know, here's you know, my heart is heavy and and it's hard, but man, I'm and I'm moving through it. And thank you just for asking. He, you know, he's witnessing me. I get to be witnessed. Mm. You know, my yeah. own dad doesn't check in on me like that. No. And no. I, and I and this 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 heavy thing that I'm carrying, I haven't shared it with him, and I probably won't, because I don't trust that he can hold it even if he tries to pick it up. Yeah. So I won't even give it to him. I won't even put it at his feet, which is tragic and how it is. Um, but that's what, you know, I've cultivated a brotherhood for and uh, all men, all men need trustable brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Like a tribe of men where you really, where you really can just bring all of it. Like you shared, you know, all of it, whatever it is. And, and, Mm. yeah i love it i love it i love it so much and and last thing that i just want to add is that what i always it's it's the man who are currently holding me for a really difficult time in my life what i love the most is they're just there they're just there and they're just like hey i love you yeah. There's no judgment. There's no pinpointing out. There's like, if I need, like, if I need a reflection, if I need, like, I mean, they call me out if they can see bullshit, like that stuff. But what I feel is there's just love, just love in a way, which I also was holding myself back from receiving because of my stories towards men. And I mean, that this is a whole different conversation to have, but opening yeah. myself up and having that courage like even like kicking and screaming but then surrendering into it and soften into it and allow myself to take that medicine that is handed to me and receive it it changed my life and i'm pretty sure you can agree to that that 
this work changed your life and like in many different ways, you know, I don't know how I live so long without it. Well, I know how I did. I, my relationship sucked. I felt alone, never successful. Yeah. I suffered. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what my circumstances when I was lone wolf in it. Yeah. So Brian, thank you so much for, for making this happen. Even like you holding a lot right now. I know that this will reach so many men and give them a perspective on man's work and allowing yourself to be held by other men in a trustable container to really just let go of this, 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 this lone wolf mentality that we have to do it all together. Because in the end, like you said, in the, like what I shared in the beginning, it's, it's the greatest crisis we face right now. I mean, collectively, but especially as man and yeah, my intention with this is to just really give, use this almost like as a channel for man to maybe move a little bit towards more what kind what would they need like lean into that work reach out to you figure out your work maybe lean into my work opening up like other men's whatever it is and is there something i would love to give you the space is there something that you're still rolling out i know you have a lot on your on your plate right now but is there something that you're currently rolling out for men i know you have your elevate program yeah, I have actually, I mean, there's, there's two elevate programs that I run for men. One is it's full for the year. It's called elevate 2023. We'll, we'll open that up again in probably August or September. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's my year long coaching, small group coaching for just 10 men, but I have another program that is open right now. It's called elevate your relationship. And that's a six month live coaching experience for men get to work with me directly specifically on relationship challenges. So if you're a man, you're in relationship, you're struggling and you're ready to, to up your relationship game, to learn how to connect with your partner, to learn how to st stand in your power and be powerfully present in the relationship, to learn skillful communication. Mm -hmm. um, elevate your relationship is a really uh, profound container with, within which again, we, we, we get to be witnessed challenged supported and celebrated with me and with other men it's a really profound experience so you can just find out about that i don't have a sales page or an information page about it yet i only have an application so i will i will put your all your links i will put great. them into the into the show note and then they great. can i'm pretty sure you can definitely find that um brian if great. there is if you would If you would stand in front of your eight-year-old self right now, what would you tell him? What would be the message that you would tell him? I would say, look, kid, <laughs> you're in for a hell of a ride. But I promise you, you'll at least live to 48 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Soak it up enjoy every minute of it even the shitty parts mm. and just trust even when you can't that it's going to work out you're going to find your way through even when mm. it sucks um and as i said I, I i know for a fact you live to 48 beyond that i got nothing for you kid so <laughs> i love that enjoy the ride I love that, Brian. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, again, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom and sharing your experiences and sharing your heart. I truly appreciate that. Thank you, Renee. Thank you for holding a, a great conversation, man. I appreciate it as always. You're so welcome, Brian.